Chapter Two of Bow Brocade by Baroness Emma Orksey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The Forge of John Stitch. John Stitch, too, had heard that laugh. For a moment he paused in his work, straightened his broad back, and leant his heavy hammer upon the anvil whilst a pleasant smile lit up his bronzed and rugged countenance there goes the captain he said i wonder now what's tickling him ah he added with a short sigh the soldiers maybe he doesn't like soldiers much doesn't the captain he sighed again and looked across to where on a rough wooden bench sat a young man with head resting on his hand his blue eyes staring moodily before him the dress this young man wore was a counterpart of that in which john himself was arrayed rough worsted stockings thick flannel shirt with sleeves well tucked up over fine muscular arms and a large greasy well-worn leather apron denoting the blacksmith's trade but though the hands and face were covered with grime a more than casual observer would soon have noticed that those same hands were slender and shapely the fingers long the nails neatly trimmed whilst the face anxious and careworn though it was had in it a look of habitual command of pride not yet crushed out of ken john stitch gazed at him for a while whilst a look of pity and anxiety saddened his honest face the smith was a man of few words he said nothing then and presently the sound of his hammer upon the anvil once more filled the forge with its pleasant echo but though john's tongue was slow his ear was quick and in one moment he had perceived the dull thud made by the corporal's squad as having parted from mr inch at the cross-roads the soldiers ploughed their way through the mud round the cottage and towards the forge hist said john in a rapid whisper pointing to the fire the bellows quick the young man too had started in obvious alarm his ear the ear of a fugitive trained to every sound that betokened danger was as alert as that of the smith with a sudden effort he pulled himself together and quickly seized the heavy bellows with a will he forced his eyes to glance carelessly at the door and his lips to whistle a lively country tune the corporal paused a moment at the entrance taking a quick survey of the interior of the forge his men at attention behind him in the king's name he said loudly as he unfolded the proclamation of his majesty's parliament his orders were to read it in every hamlet and every homestead in the district john stitch the blacksmith was an important personage all around brassing moor and he had not heard it read from beneath the old gallows at the cross-roads just now 
well corporal said the worthy smith quietly as he put down his hammer out of respect for the king's name well and what does his majesty king george the second desire with john stitch the blacksmith eh not with you alone john stitch replied the corporal this is an act of parliament and concerns all loyal subjects of the king who be yon lad he asked carelessly nodding towards the young man at the bellows my nephew jim out of nottingham replied john stitch quietly my sister hannah's child you recollect her corporal she was in service with my lord exeter up at derby oh ay mistress hannah stitch to be sure i didn't know she had such a fine lad of her own commented the corporal as the young man straightened his tall figure and looked him fearlessly in the face lads grow up fast enough don't they corporal laughed honest stitch pleasantly but come let's hear his majesty's proclamation since you've got to read it but you see i'm very busy and nay tis my duty john stitch in every homestead in derbyshire tis to be read so says this act of parliament you might have saved this trouble had you come down to the cross-roads just now i was busy remarked john stitch dryly and the corporal began to read it having come to the knowledge of his majesty's parliament that certain subjects of the king have lately raised the standard of rebellion setting up the pretender charles edward stuart above the king's most lawful majesty it is hereby enacted that these persons are guilty of high treason and by the laws of the kingdom are therefore condemned to death it is further enacted that it is unlawful for any loyal subject of the king to shelter or harbour clothe or feed any such persons who are vile traitors and rebels to their king and country and that any subject of his majesty who kills such a traitor or rebel doth thereby commit an act of justice and loyalty for which he may be rewarded by the sum of twenty guineas there was a pause when the corporal had finished reading john stitch was leaning upon his hammer the young man once more busied himself with the bellows outside the clearing shower of september rain began pattering upon the thatched roof of the forge well said john stitch at last as the corporal put the heavy parchment away in his wallet well and are you going to tell us who are those persons corporal whom our village lads are told to murder by act of parliament how shall we know a rebel and shoot him when we see one there were forty persons down on the list a few weeks ago persons who were known to be in hiding in derbyshire said the young soldier but well what's your but corporal there were forty persons whom twas lawful to murder a few weeks ago what of them they have been caught and hanged most of them replied the soldier quietly jim lad mind that fire commented john stitch turning to his nephew out of nottingham 
for the latter was staring with glowing eyes and quivering lips at the corporal who not noticing him continued carelessly there was lord lovett now you must have heard of him john stitch he was beheaded a few days ago and so was lord kilmarnock they were lords you see and had a headsman all to themselves on tower hill that's up in london some lesser folk have been hanged and now there are only three rebels at large and there are twenty guineas waiting for any one who will bring the head of one of them to the nearest magistrate the smith grunted well and who are they he asked roughly sir andrew macdonald up from tweedside then squire fairfield you'd mind him john stitch over staffordshire way ay ay i mind him well enough his mother was a papist and he clung to the stuart cause young man too and hiding for his life well and who else the young earl of stretton what him from stretton hall said john stitch in open astonishment jim lad he added sternly thou art a clumsy fool the young man had started involuntarily at sound of the last name mentioned by the corporal and the bellows which he had tried to wield fell with a clatter on the floor be guy but an act of parliament can make thee a lawful assassin it seems added honest john with a laugh but let me perish if it can make thee a good smith what think you master corporal odds life the lad is too soft-hearted mayhap our derbyshire lads haven't much sense in their heads have they well you mind the saying corporal derbyshire born and derbyshire bred eh strong in the arm and weak in the head laughed the soldier concluding the apt quotation that's just it odds buds they want some sense what's a rebel or a traitor but vermin eh and don't we kill vermin all of us and don't call it murder either what he laughed pleasantly and carelessly and tapped the side of his wallet where rested his majesty's proclamation he was a young soldier nothing more attentive to duty ready to obey neither willing nor allowed to reason for himself he had been taught that rebels and traitors were vermin egad vermin they were and as such must be got rid of for the sake of the rest of the kingdom and the safety of his majesty the king john stitch made no comment on the corporal's profession of faith we'll talk about all that some other time corporal he said at last but i am busy now you see no offence friend stitch odds life duty you know john duty eh his majesty's orders and i had them from the captain who had them from the duke of cumberland himself so you mind the act friend ay i mind it well enough every one knows you to be a loyal subject of king george added the corporal in conciliatory tones for john was a power in the district and i'm sure your nephew is the same but duty is duty and no offence meant 
that's right enough corporal said john stitch impatiently so good morrow to you john stitch good morrow the corporal nodded to the young man then turned on his heel and presently his voice was heard ringing out the word of command attention right turn quick march john stitch and the young man watched the half-dozen red-coated figures as they turned to skirt the cottage the dull thud of their feet quickly dying away as they wound their way slowly up the muddy path which leads across the heath to aldwark village End of chapter two